are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. everyone, I've got Aaron with us this week as our interview. But before we get to Aaron, you know, we got to go over. Here's our three things. Okay, two things. <laughs> See, like how quick we're getting through that list. One, rate the show. A gnome gets its hat. Two, grab something from our merch store if you'd like to support the show. All the money goes to helping me produce the show. And, you know, while you're walking right now, we, we, we just mentioned a second ago about rating the show, but I just want to make sure you can just like do it right now. Like while you're on your phone, like just pick up your phone and you can, you can do it. Great. Stars, right, write something that's even better. So that was our two, two pieces of business. I said three and it's two. Let's rate the show and there's merch. <laughs> and, you know, we're winding down season three. Thank you for this, this season. It's been HHG, honored, humbled, and grateful. That's that's our big, uh, we take that as our, so, okay, that's our TLA. So, all right, let's just sidebar for a second. My husband and I started creating a lot of TLAs after we became parents. Some of them TLAs were, were actually for, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I can't believe it took me this long to come up with a TLA for the show. So, um, so it's actually not TLA for the show. It's a TLA for my experience of doing the show. And that's HHG. And um, if you didn't catch that previously, it's I'm honored, humbled, and grateful to do this show. So this is my HHG. Do you have an HHG? What makes you feel full of HHG? Do you know? Do you have something? Share it with me. That'd be great. I'd love to hear it. Send it Send it to me in an email or hit me up on social media. Tell me your HHG. Okay. So uh, we went over, I guess that was, that was all the business. Are we done with the business? We're done with the business. Okay. Let's, let's talk about this week. Aaron has a beautiful story. Aaron has a beautiful story of this can't be my life. And this wasn't the plan. And following her passion, which had been like silently brewing in her, you know, like it's, it's in there. She knew she never wanted to do the career she had for a very long time. Um, and then one day that gremlin inside of her, if you will, that little like festering knowing that she wanted to do something more finally grew larger than her contentment in her prescribed life. And she changed it. And I've said this before, I I can't get enough of these stories because I think they inspire other people who are living with a festering gremlin. (laughs) A festering gremlin that knows better of what they would like to be doing with their life. So (laughs) let's go. Let's go meet Aaron. Hi, everyone. So I have Aaron with me today. Hi, Aaron. Hi. We are separated by um, physical distance, but I just appreciate this project so much of bringing me together with women and sharing their stories. And I'm really excited to hear your story today. I'm really excited to be doing this from across the pond. Yes, um, yes. And sharing with, with whoever. I spend a lot of time in America, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, about half the year, you said, right? Yeah, not during mm-hmm. the pandemic, but usually. Right. So yeah, you haven't been here in a year. It's a, it's been a year now. I left when Los Angeles went into lockdown. 
last mm-hmm. year. And I've been here since then. So that was quite a international panic. And we have an employee who got on a plane from the Middle East and came back to the United States. And everyone's just like, ah! Yeah, I know, right. I know. And it was a panic. It was yeah. really funny was that um, a lot of my friends were saying, you've got to go now, you've got to go now. And there were queues mm-hmm. around the block. And, mm-hmm. and then I just kept holding out, trusting mm-hmm. my instincts. And then LA went into lockdown and I thought, okay, time to go. The airport was empty. It took me two minutes, literally not kidding, two minutes to get through security. Hardly anyone on the plane. Nice. <laughs> it was the you perfect waited. time. Yeah. So that first rush of everyone freaking out. Like, yeah. remember? Oh, remember those photos? I forgot about those photos in like Chicago of it really crowded and everyone yeah. trying to get out. <gasps> yeah, and everyone being like, "But there's a pandemic." Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, exactly. that's why right. you just avoided that all. I I held on, and everyone was panicking for me. <laughs> I was yeah. going, "No, nope, not leaving yet." So, yeah. Well, I hope you get to come back soon if you if you are interested in coming back. We're still here. <laughs> oh yeah, it's I definitely want to get back. I'm yeah. missing it. So yeah. Do you think you'll be able to come soon? Things are starting to right I'm, release. I'm hoping so. We're still in lockdown mm-hmm. this side. Okay. So I'm not allowed to travel yet, but right. when I can, I will. I don't quite. I I know that some things are anyway. So I like, now we know, we already do know a little bit about you, <laughs> but I always ask guests to, to tell us a little bit about themselves before we hear a lot about yourself. <laughs> so what is there to know about you before we hear your story? I guess I'm a film composer. Mm-hmm. haven't always been a film composer, which is part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sort of on a new thing. And I now divide my time between London and Los Angeles. But I was originally born in South Africa. So oh, interesting. I'm a, a resident of the world, is what I'd like mm-hmm. to say. <laughs> when did you citizen move? Citizen of the world. Yes. When did you move to London then? How old were you when you moved to London? I was 28. Um, okay, so you spent a lot of time. Yeah. I, I moved with my daughter, who was eight mm-hmm. at the time. So that tells you when I had her. She's still here in London, loves it here as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I was about to ask a question, but I was like, that's going to get into your story. We'll just wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how we start the show is this this moment, you know, which we, I think it was not this episode, but the one that um, released two weeks ago, because um, one came out today, we're recording on a Wednesday, where the, <laughs> I love this, I'm like, I can halfway remember quotes <laughs> of the, you know, the pain of changing you know, is less than the the pain of staying the same, or it's not pain; it's not the right word, but or the just not this, or this can't be my life. All those all those euphemisms for like, ugh, something's got to give. You know, something has to change. What is your moment? When can you like with hindsight? Usually, unless it's like a big, you know, there are, there are moments that are much bigger and obvious. But what is your moment where things changed for you? And then we can go back and contextualize it. To be honest, there were mm-hmm. there were multiple moments. Multiple. Yeah. Yep. That and happens a lot. About yeah. different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're talking career, mm-hmm. I had been a, a piano teacher for 20 years. I really, really hated it. it. Just wasn't my thing. Not the people, just the teaching. I really, really hated it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a teacher. I would, yeah. My mother is a teacher, but I can tell it's not for me anyway. Should not have done it, but that's also a whole other story. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, it was weird. I um, had done a little bit of composing while I was teaching 
And we were on holiday in Portugal. I was married at the time. And I, I suddenly announced to my husband, out of randomly somewhere, as he said, I think I want to become a film composer. <laughs> and it was it was the most shocking thing because, you know, where did that come from? from. I just somehow I knew that, that mm. I don't know, it was maybe a download or something. Mm-hmm. So that was the one moment. I remember we were walking along the beach mm-hmm. and um, I found myself needing to justify that decision mm-hmm. because it made no sense mm-hmm. based on what I had been doing prior to that. <laughs> so there was that. And then, and then, once once that process started, then uh, I think other parts of life come called get called into question. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there was the moment when I was in South Africa speaking to a friend and I was telling her about married life. And at one point in the conversation, she said to me, it sounds like you're telling me you don't want to be married. And I just sat there and thought... She's right. <laughs> she she had heard all the messages behind what I was saying. saying it mm-hmm. was it. Oh my gosh, that was a wake up call. So that was a personal was another one. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to go backwards now and tell me about how you got to the, this moment on you know holiday in Portugal. You know what what had you been? You said you had been a piano teacher. And you've been doing that for 20 years. Like, take us back. Does it go back to when you had your daughter or it, before that? It does. I mean, mm-hmm. I it, possibly even before that. I mm-hmm. grew up in a very, very strict family, mm-hmm. controlling, punitive, everything. Mm-hmm. And um, in retrospect, I felt pregnant to get out of the mm-hmm. house <laughs> because I then got, got um, married I, let me just guess, the falling pregnant was not something that they embraced. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his family did. His okay. family are Greek and they just, they loved it. Okay. Our marriage didn't last very long because so we should never have got married. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. was, it was a less than a year probably. Okay. And then I had this little baby and yeah. I'd gone back to um, studying music. I was doing a a degree in music, everyone around me, parents, uh, teacher, everybody saying should do teaching. Mm-hmm. It's a way to earn money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're young, you're fearful, you've got this little person to care for. I I took that advice and I really didn't want to teach, really, <laughs> really didn't want to teach. And then something was calling me to, the, to Europe. And, mm-hmm. and I managed to win a, a scholarship to attend a summer school mm-hmm. in England, came over, absolutely fell in love with it, mm-hmm. went back to South Africa, packed everything up with child in tow, <laughs> three months later moved to the UK with nothing, no house, mm-hmm. no job, nothing. And obviously the thing I could do was teaching. So mm-hmm. I landed up teaching for the next 20 years and um, while, while she was growing up a steady income mm-hmm. it's in the area that I am in was full of really good schools and everyone went to piano lessons so I was absolutely inundated with students swamped right yeah so there was no reason not to um, mm-hmm. 
teach, really. And uh, I got married to somebody who was not very st- stable at earning <laughs> and stuff like that. Got it. We had a, so I found myself taking on more and more students just to cover all the bills and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, got, got sucked into that whole thing. I think part of it was obviously trying to give my daughter a very stable home. Mm-hmm. Um, so once she started looking at what she was going to do after school, Mm-hmm. going to university that's I think kind of released me in some sort of way right and did you have any idea that you were being held to this like could or did you like was it hindsight you're like why am I doing this you know like that you were being held to this ideal that you needed to you know keep doing this job because you had been doing it like how I'm, I'm saying what I, I guess the question is how conscious of you were you of what you were doing that way I always wanted to perform okay okay that was what I started out by doing that I yeah to I was gonna ask when did concert you pianist. yeah when did you start playing I assume as a child I started quite late actually okay. uh, I was 11 going on 12 but okay. I learned uh-huh. so fast and actually looking back on it I realized that I just I I learned what most people do in sort of eight ten years I didn't half that time oh, wow. I just copied yeah it was some it was clearly my thing right my how did soul, you come yeah. across it like what, did your parents put you in classes no no um I begged uh-huh. to learn the piano and begged and begged and begged and uh, some of my friends were learning and then finally my mom was given a an opportunity to buy a cheap piano which okay. she did because she she could play the piano, okay. and it was literally <laughs> the day after we got it, I started lessons sort of thing. I was just really excited. You were drawn to it, totally. Yeah, and actually, as an adult, I remembered that my parents had given me—I don't know—it must have been two or three—and mm-hmm. I only remembered as an adult one of these baby grand pianos, like a toy one. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that like little toddlers at. play at, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and I used to love that piano, love mm-hmm. it. So I don't know if that instilled it. My father was obsessed with music; he couldn't play anything, but absolutely oh, okay. obsessed. It was being played constantly in the house, but classical music. Mm-hmm. And then my mom is actually very musical. She played the piano, had a gorgeous singing voice. Mm-hmm. So there was music in our house. Okay. But I think for me, it was just, I was born with that soul, I think. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so you have, like, where where were we? Should, I should be right in, I, just, <laughs> I was just like there with you. Um, yeah, with no, the, uh, so I yeah. was saying that mm-hmm. that I always wanted to perform and be a concert yes. pianist. So yes. the, mm-hmm. the thing that I did keep going the whole time mm-hmm. while I was teaching was, I continued my own lessons okay, and I got higher diplomas. I entered competitions. I was trying, I kept, there was something at the back of my mind that kept saying, it'll be your turn. It'll be your turn at some point. And I think in an interesting roundabout way, Mm -hmm. 
because now I do perform my own piano music when mm-hmm. I play it. Is it's I've come full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my music. I'm not a concert pianist, but this is probably more me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always there. Interestingly, the composing wasn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I was, yeah. So when I was at university doing my first degree, mm-hmm. the um, we had to do some composing as part okay. of yeah. it. Yes, you have to like round out your yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember our composition teacher saying to me once, um, have you thought about becoming a composer? <laughs> Did you laugh yeah. like that? <laughs> Did you I, I, I remember saying to him, oh, no. Oh, I, no. Oh, I'd never be a composer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Just uh-huh. be careful what you, what you say you're not going to uh-huh. do. <laughs> what is the never say never? Yeah. Yeah. I like to I like the never say never and never say always. You know, those right. are two extremes, always and nevers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, so so yeah, in in your education, you're like, yeah, composing, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when were you when like it, when you were teaching, raising your child and then doing continuing your education as well? Kind of all yeah. in the same time? Okay. You said you were yeah. getting more certificates and stuff I like that. I got my degree. I did all my education after she was born, basically. Okay. Um, what you is know. your degree in? Class so class. I have, yeah, so I have a, my first degree was a Bachelor of Music in just general music. Mm, general, and then mm-hmm. and then I did teaching as the the practical part of it, so piano right. teaching. So again, I, yeah, I want to, uh, so was that just a, let me see, let me guess. As a way to make money within the, let's just in a big music industry, teaching piano is a pretty easy way, right? I assume because, like you said, you showed up and there was clients, clients, clients. So not only was it something you could do, it was relatively easy and it was stable. Where it wasn't your heart's desire, I can understand how you got there, and I assume yeah. that many people around you, like you said, that you know, suggest that's what you should do. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's how this all. I imagine you put up a flyer and people called you. Yeah, and in fact, and word of mouth. I think I think I advertised for one year, and after mm-hmm. that, that didn't it was need all to. word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's hard to resist those really easy, like what's the like easy adopter like entry. That's what I'm looking for. Easy entry. Yeah. You know, you are yeah. in your industry, but it's like slugging along in a way that you don't want to. Yeah. Exactly. Were you teaching mostly children? Mostly children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it wasn't what I wanted to do, I mean, the kids were lovely. And yes. Yeah. We, did, we did loads of fun things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there, was, there was a good side to it. It was yes. just that it wasn't what my soul was looking mm-hmm. for. So tell me like what, when you could feel like when you could identify maybe at the end of your journey of like, uh, this wasn't what, was it like the, the scheduling? Was it the time? Like, what was it that we were just like, this doesn't feed my soul? It's like kind of, was it that it was running a business more so than music? I think it was, it felt like I got sucked dry. Uh-huh. Okay. Of my creativity. that that it was going to other people and got it okay and uh-huh. and that i did feel sucked dry and interestingly i started cooking a lot 
during okay. that time, mm-hmm. really a lot. And then when I started going back to composing, the, the cooking diminished. So I obviously needed a that creative. creative outlet. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll stop asking questions. <laughs> okay. Well, Go back. Tell me, you know, <laughs> tell me how, okay. Cause we're in this, we're in this time. I feel like it's like, we're in this raising kids, stability job. We don't really like, but we're doing it. And then you've, you're married at this point too, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. So this goes on for a while, correct? This sort of, that life? Yes. Yes. All right. Then, <laughs> how, I because all that changes, we know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the thing that, mm-hmm. I was bored as well teaching. Because yeah. Was it repet- I, same thing, repetitive? Repetitive mm-hmm. and not creative enough mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I started doing these concerts for my students and I'd write all the music for it. Okay. Uh, or arrange things for them these big three three people at a piano three pianos so like a mini piano orchestra and I was oh, really? doing all these things so I was that's I think where I started to realize I enjoyed that side of yeah of the music making is okay. actually writing and so I had that moment on the beach <laughs> applied <laughs> and then were you conscious yeah. of that or did it just come out and you were like oh like, had you been ruminating on that? Was it was it in your brain, like, for a while? You see, so, this is, I don't remember mm-hmm. ruminating on it. But saying that, I think at some level, I always was. So, yep. a really interesting thing was that in my final year of, of my de- degree, mm-hmm. in the history paper, one of the questions you get asked, every year, everyone knows it, and it's 40% of the paper, is where do you think the future of classical music is? And based it on historic stuff. So you you argue whatever you like in that. Mm -hmm. And my argument was in, it's in film music. In what? In In film music. In film music, okay. The Uh future of classical music is in film music. So I don't know where that came from. (laughs) But looking back, I'm thinking my interest in film music was already there. Mm-hmm. Then I had, at some level, I knew that's where I was heading. Yep, yep. So you did. Yep, yep. Did you know people in the industry? Did you know people in the no, industry? No. Huh? I had my sister was trying to be an actress in LA. Okay. But wasn't get anywhere really. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew. And I hardly had any contact with her. So um, she was a half-sister or mm-hmm. is a half-sister. Mm-hmm. But um, so there was that. But mm-hmm. other than that, nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody I know was, or knew then was in right, right. that industry. Okay. It so th- was so very you've, random. Yeah. You've announced your intentions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then what happens? So, yeah. So then I applied to do um, composition, do a master's here in London. Okay, so take a master's degree, okay. Yeah, composition for film and TV. And they weren't running it that year, but the professor said to me, because they didn't have enough applicants, mm-hmm. the professor said to me, look, you also haven't done very much composition. It's true, I've done some stuff mm-hmm. for kids, but nothing big. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you take an undergraduate composition class just mm-hmm. for, for a year mm-hmm. until we, and then reapply next year? 
So I did that. And that was fun. So I, you know, it was, and then I reapplied the following year and started the masters the following year. But I was teaching the whole time this was happening. And my ex-husband, big into sailing, had decided he wanted to go sailing around the world. So he headed off around the world while I was at home teaching. And, um, and taking the composition class? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then did you yeah. decide you wanted him to stay gone forever? <laughs> well, so, <laughs> so it's interesting. I tell you, we all kind of know what we'd want without knowing what we want. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because he kept talking about going sailing and I kept saying, you must go. You really must go. It's kind of... <laughs> You've got to follow your dreams. You really must do this. <laughs> and I think I he was kind of nuts. So mm-hmm. everything, there was no space to think when, mm-hmm. he was, when we were living together. Mm-hmm. And I think I instinctively knew I needed space. Yep. So when he left, it was a total relief. I loved it. <laughs> There's your sign. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then... And then it was at you know during that time away that I had a talk with that friend and she mm-hmm. identified that I wanted him permanently away. <laughs> that you were enjoying his absence. It wasn't yeah. making your heart grow fonder. It was <laughs> no, not at all. So then, um, then I assume it, it, that was that. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah. quite as easy as that because uh. he was a bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. And so when I told him that I wanted to uh, get divorced, all hell broke loose. Oh. It, was, it was the start of two years of a nightmare. Yeah, he fought, he fought, uh, and fought dirty. We were in court six times in the two years. Jeez, for what? Yeah, I mean, you didn't have a child together. No. So just... he tried to... We had made a deal that when he went sailing, he was going to support himself and I was going to support myself. Yep, yep, makes sense, yep. Which he didn't do his side of the bargain, so I'd been sending money across to him from from our savings, which we weren't supposed to be touching, or from my own money. So the first thing he tried to do was sue me for maintenance. So that was the first time in court. And then there was... Yeah, to uh, money to live on. He didn't oh, have any got money. It. That's your com- yeah. uh, uh, what, yeah. what we call it? Uh, alimony. Yep, yep. Yeah, except we weren't divorced yet. So it was kind right. of just he needed money at the yes. time. Yeah. And then there was another, I had an emergency hearing because he actually, uh, we had um, a company we had started that we were going to use to buy rental properties. Uh-huh. Yep. And my parents had invested in that and he took all the money out. Mm-hmm. stole the whole lot so a lot of money okay. most, it, pretty much most of it was my parents money so that'll, I to, that'll be contested yeah. yeah yeah so I had to go to court and um, get an, his account frozen so that was another one and I had I <laughs> had to deliver the papers to him which he did not yeah, appreciate was, yeah um, and then in, in this country, the way divorce works is that if you both agree, you go to one hearing, that's it, you agree, everything, you're done. Yeah, but when you don't. If you don't, then you go to a second hearing, try and agree everything. If you don't, you go to the third hearing, and the third one, that's it. If you can't decide, the judge decides. Okay. So 
it's very rare that anybody goes to that to final six. hearing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let that well, be an explanation, right? <laughs> I, t- oh, I tell you, the, um, I made him an offer right near the beginning because mm-hmm. I wanted to buy him out of the house because mm-hmm. that's where I was teaching and that's where I was stable mm-hmm. and you know, etc. Mm-hmm. So I made him the offer. Two years later, what we agreed with the judge pushing was exactly the same figure, except it was a little higher because house prices had gone up in, gone up in two years. <laughs> yeah. But accounting for the percentage had gone up, it was exactly what I'd offered him. So it was two years of... For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. No reason. And then, you know, there were statements like, well, it doesn't suit me to get divorced. And I, I, I eventually, he, was, he got a bit violent at one stage. Mm-hmm. Not to me, but I was terrified that it would turn to me. Mm-hmm. And so I had the locks changed. Mm-hmm. And then he had the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got the police involved in that one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, it was a mad, very mad he tried all sorts of tricks with the legal stuff, unbelievable tricks to, to get me to, to pay all sorts of things. He tried to sue me for mm-hmm. loss of work, loss of income, right. loss, of, loss of inheritance prospects. I mean, it was ridiculous. Everything's in my Pain and suffering yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. So then how, in this two-year time, our you've done the year of like the undergrad class. Did you go back and get the master's? Oh yeah. No, by that stage mm-hmm. I finished the master's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It had taken yeah. that long to get this, to get this done. Yeah. So now, and is your daughter now off living on her yes. own? Okay. So yes. now daughter's living on her own. You are, have identified a new career path. You've gotten, you know, uh, divorced. Now where are you? No work. Because <laughs> <laughs> have you decided, like, I'm no longer, like, when did you decide, like, I'm not teaching anymore? I So I taught for a while and did a few short films and stuff like that. But this mm-hmm. industry is so hard to break into. It was really mm-hmm. hard. Let um, me guess, by the way, very male-dominated. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> just an outsider's guess. Well, actually, no, that's, that's not true. I just listened to a podcast yesterday with Brene Brown and she's interviewing two authors of a book in one of them. There are two sisters and one of them is a classical musician. And anyway, so she, she just mentioned that yesterday in my ear. So actually it's not totally random. So I, I was like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm, I believe that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm assuming very male dominated and you agree. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the um, composing, in the film composing, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. a, it's three, 4% women do active, you know, in the, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Three to four or thirty-four? Three to four percent. Three to four. Yeah. Three <laughs> to four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Projects scored yeah. are by yeah. women. Yep. Okay. I mean, yeah. It's it's a ridiculous percentage. Okay. But even for men, it's mm-hmm. really hard to break in. It's very yeah. competitive and there's a lot of reasons. And you there's a lot of um you can't just say you can do something. You've actually got to prove it. It's, right. You know, and it's all about relationships, which take time mm-hmm. to to build. And but there was a point, a couple of years later, where I realised 
that I couldn't do both, mm-hmm. that the teaching was holding me back. And so I did the, okay, that's yeah. it. I didn't reduce it, and I just went, that's it, I'm giving up teaching. Yep. And then, <laughs> that was absolutely terrifying. That <laughs> it was no income. <laughs> yeah. The sink or swim, if you will. Yeah. And with a lot of thinking and journaling, because I do that, I, I did um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I haven't. But wait, a, no, maybe I have. Yeah. Tell me about it's it. It's a book. A lot of creative people have done it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's brilliant. It's one of the tools that you learn there is to journal every day. Okay. So with a lot of journaling and that kind mm-hmm. of thing, I realized that if I wanted to write a certain kind of music that I was good at, which is mm-hmm. big orchestral and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I couldn't wait for somebody to ask me to do it. I need to actually show that I could do it. Mm-hmm. And so I had this great plan. <laughs> I hired an orchestra and I wrote some music for this orchestra and recorded it um, for my showreel and stuff. So I started doing some really big things like that mm-hmm. and then started taking big action. One of them was realizing that I needed to spend some time in LA. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to LA. Mm -hmm. And through this whole process, realized that actually the house that I'd fought for (laughs) didn't want it. It was a total stone around my neck. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I was having to earn money to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So I sold my house put everything into storage and started my backwards and forwards. And my stuff is still in storage. Oh, really? How long ago is this now? It was 2016 I started. Oh, yeah. Starting back and forth. I thought I thought it would be a year or so. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it hasn't quite worked out that way. So you found success in this. I want to hear about this. And can I ask, because basically in 2016, you, uh, let's dare I say, started living the life you wanted to live. And can I ask you this? How old were you at that point? So that would be 49, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that's... For, 48, 48, 49. Mm-hmm. I just think that's super important for people to hear. Yeah. That you, I, don't, you don't know that, you, like, I'm 41. I don't know what's coming in the next 10 years. Yeah. 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 And in fact, I went, I think when I started studying again, I was 38, 39. Mm-hmm. So by the time I finished my, um, my master's, mm-hmm. I think I was 40, 41. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 40s. Yeah. So, it, I mean, the, the recording with the orchestra then was mm-hmm. followed by, I, uh, I don't know what your listeners think. This, this is how I see life. Mm-hmm. is you get little prompts from the mm-hmm. universe. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, I, I'm i learning to follow to, them. And to listen to, to them? To really, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I I had a um, come up on social media. It was an opportunity to do some conducting, mm-hmm. conducting intensive in Los Angeles with David Newman, who's a, he's, he's Hollywood royalty. He's basically, okay. uh, you know, um, he's done hundreds of films and he conducts big things and mm-hmm. he's really well known. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and thought, not really into comp- the conducting, 
yeah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And then a friend sent it to me the same day. <gasps> and I thought, <laughs> twice in one day, maybe I should listen okay. to this. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. So I applied, and that was a whole thing in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, that same year, my father had died. Mm-hmm. So we, we were planning a memorial for him in France. And I went off to that and had sent the application and didn't think anything more about it. I never get accepted to these things. So mm-hmm. for, as far as I was concerned, it wasn't You happening. did your due diligence, right? You were like, I apply. I got the yeah. message from the universe twice. I applied. There. Yeah. Done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You did your due diligence. Yeah. You could release it from your expectations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> while you're at your dad's funeral? And then... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Suddenly, this email pops in. Is congratulations! You've been one of twelve for people from around wow. the world being wow. accepted to do this. And so it was that moment. I kind of went. It doesn't matter what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to LA. That's it. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. I had to put down a deposit. <laughs> My brother loaned me the money for the deposit. Awesome. Um, I booked an air ticket. I I was in the process of selling the house and mm-hmm. it wasn't selling. And I just said, the house has to sell by the 15th of December if I'm going to make it to LA on time. Mm-hmm. We exchanged contracts on the 15th of December. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was down to the wire. The wire. It really was. <laughs> awesome. But... Um, I went and that opened the world for me and that's mm-hmm. the interest I find that really fascinating is that you don't know where opportunities come from yep. and they don't always look like opportunities. Yes. Yep. Because for me that changed things completely. Mm-hmm. Everything followed on from that and in also quite random ways but it, it, opened, up, it opened up LA for me. Right. And then yeah. now you're working in the industry. Yeah. So it, it, was after, it, like? mm-hmm. it was after that that I got my first feature film. It was after, you know, the... Like connections a, you made basically during uh, that? No. In fact, actually, it, it was a connection I made prior to that. Okay. In that time of building up relationships. Mm-hmm. I'd been going to networking things and... Um, I was given advice to go to uh, film festivals. Mm-hmm. So I was going to film festivals and you meet a lot of people at film festivals. So, yes. Everyone wants to yeah. socialize. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. lived in a small town that had two film festivals. Yeah. <laughs> There's 1,800 people that live in the town and we had two film festivals <laughs> in the year. Anyway. You like movies there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very cool. And so now... No, it's been like five years or so, and you've like, are you still? I like, I I hate to put something on you. Like, are you like pinch me? Like, I can't believe this. I get to do this now. Well, yes, in the sense <laughs> that I, my life is what I'm making. I want it to be now. Yep. I'm traveling mm-hmm. backwards and forwards and um, doing all, all sorts of amazing things. Mm-hmm. What you do realize as well mm-hmm. is that. You never really arrive. Mm-hmm. 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 It's 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 a it's a journey. So you yep. know now I am a film composer, mm-hmm. and now I want to be 
this kind of a film proposal, you uh-huh. know, yep. or I do that kind of a project, or you know, it's dare um, I say ambitious. <clears throat> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And women sometimes aren't encouraged to be ambitious. We are encouraged to find our place and stick there, right? To yeah. teach piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It terrified a lot of people when I mm-hmm. sold my house and started traveling. Mm-hmm. Did it terrify <laughs> you be- or were you thrilled? Both. Yeah. I think thrill I think- is, it has terror in it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I think that um, people are scared of of the unknown, and that mm-hmm. if you're going to if you're going to do anything really exciting, there's unknown attached. Right. Yes, you can't do anything new without being new at it. <laughs> like yeah. You yeah. can't st- start a career and be an expert. Like you've got to, you know, it's it's unknown. You've never done it before, and that's how you're going to do new things. And if you're going to, you know, if you keep wanting to do the same, you know, it's not going to. You're going to keep getting the same, right? Yeah. You can yeah. be an expert at the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, so, it's also one of my favorite quotes is, I think it's Richard Branson mm-hmm. of Virgin. Yep, yep. Um, if it's, I think it's your goal. If your goal doesn't terrify you, it's not large enough. Yes. Yep. I've heard that too. Yep. So that's a perfect, that was going to be my next question is, what is that that you want? Like what what is in your future? What do you see in your future? You're very good at manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't manifest the pandemic. <laughs> no, no one did. And if you did, we were going to have to have an off, <laughs> off-air conversation. <laughs> this has really, really put a spoke in my wheels. Yeah, yeah. Really has. <laughs> we're not making, not making many films right now, are we? <clears throat> yeah. No, I. Um, I okay. I'll just yeah. put it out yeah. there. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> works well for you too <laughs> to voice your ambitions yeah i'd like to be working on big budget films and tv things and cool. be one of the go-to composers in Very the industry cool. yeah are there many women in that in that level no. at that level no Do i mean have- we're trying i'm a member of multiple women's organizations we're trying to change that Very, yeah, I'm sure. um, mm-hmm. yeah so it's the lands of women film composers, green light women, mm-hmm. which green light women is specifically for women over the age of forty. Oh, very cool. Yeah, trying to change things. When do you are you are you working right now? Like, what is going on in the film industry right now? <laughs> well, I know I went stuff- to a movie last week for the first time in a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's more than I have. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have cinema night at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's stuff being made. It's, okay, it's starting up again. Yeah. I haven't done much recently. In fact, last year I produced an album of music just to be doing something. Yeah. I did one film last year. No, sorry. I like two films. And I've got some lined up when they can film again. Okay. So, that's good. So yeah. if you did two films last year, what is a quote unquote normal year? How many would you have done in 2019? Well, probably the same. 
because I've okay. only done six. So it's, you know, in the beginning, getting one a year when it's, you're starting out is, is, is kind of, yeah. That's good, yeah. Kind of, yeah. But obviously once you get better known, because also it takes time for them to come out and for people to mm-hmm. hear that you've done stuff. So I, you know, the, the big composers, if they're doing it themselves without assistance, they mm-hmm. only really have time for, you know, four to six in a year. Yeah, yeah. There are a okay. lot of work. So yeah. you're, you're halfway there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Oh, I think this is a, um, well, at the end, I like to just say, like, is there anything else that you want to share about your journey and your story or, you know, anything before, you know, I want to find out where people can find you and then questions. So, but I like to open it up to like, you know, is there anything else you want to share with everyone? I, well, I would just say, even if it feels mad, mm-hmm. if you're considering it, if it feels like something that's pulling you, just do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. The, un- the universe conspires to make it, really, it happen. It really does. It really does. Let's do the questions, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll ask where people can find you. So, um, what was your first car? <laughs> An Alfa Romeo. <laughs> oh yes, you were in South Africa at the time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I love it. Oh, and this. Uh, how old were you when you got your period? Eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Toilet paper, over, under, or you don't care? Over. <laughs> do you change I it? I do care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was in a restroom this week and it was, they were both under and it was in, I got, a, it was in a hospital, well not hospital, I got a blood lab like drawn and I was just like, who put two under? <laughs> I wanted to, <laughs> like I was in a restroom because <laughs> What? Who did this? Oh, what's the last book you read or what are you currently reading? An Audible counts, obviously. I just finished a book called in, uh, Murder in Plain Sight. Um, so something I didn't mention at all was during all of this crazy mm-hmm. time is I got my pilot's license. What? Which was, yeah. I, it was always my dream to fly. And so I got my pilot's license. So I'm a member of pilots organization and stuff and we have a book club very cool so i've just finished reading one of those and then i'm also reading oh julia cameron's other book called the listening path oh and it's okay. about listening to your intuition and it's a uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant and the prompts from the universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so real quick, it, let me assume that in your pilot's world, there's not many women as well. Yep. Yep. I, I, I pick all the you male pick dominate. All. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, see, I don't know how popular this is over in London, but cilantro, yes or no? It's It's controversial, but actually... There's a lot of um, Indian people here, mm-hmm. so they and they love it. So, yes, yeah. but we call it coriander. Uh, yes, well, we so we call it coriander when it's dried in a spice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so you call the leafy the the fresh coriander, coriander as, well. as well. Yeah. Oh, see what we're learning. Huh? Yeah. I live in Texas, so cilantro is just a part of our world. Yeah. Um, but I'm fascinated that for 
a lot of people I've found out, I, I figured there was a lot, but I've been asking this question and it's very common that it tastes like soap or dirt or cleaner. Yeah. And Some I people f- don't like it. Yeah. find that fascinating. Like how can that taste like soap and dirt and whatever to you? Cause it's delightful <laughs> to me. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Yeah. But yes. I have friends who really don't. Yep. I have a friend. I'm from Massachusetts and her and I both lived in Austin like I moved there and then she moved there and we would be eating pico de gallo and she would be picking the cilantro out. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't like cilantro. And I was like, yeah, but that's the good stuff. <laughs> the, the real little pile of cilantro next. And I'm like, well, put it on mine, you know? And then years later I came across an online article that was like cilantro tastes like soap to people. And I was like, <gasps> and I sent it to her. I was like, that's you. Cause you would be sitting there picking out cilantro. So when you go to a cafe and you've, you're ordering, you know, a flat white or um, a latte or a cappuccino or whatever, what kind of milk do you have them make the drink with? A full fat milk. Full fat. Mm-hmm. No, normal full fat milk. Okay, good. This is, this is, this has become like a generational question. So I have a feeling I know the answer to this. Can you drive a standard transmission? Yep. Yeah, the first car. Mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But also in South Africa, that's mm-hmm. just how you learn. You don't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how I, my first car was a standard and I didn't know, and I took it out and I was like, I'm teaching myself. And my dad was like, what did you do? Uh, yeah, obviously the family, you, you, I forget how many siblings you said you had, but where are you in the birth order? So There's a lot of I have three half sisters who are older. Okay. Uh huh. And then it's me and my brother who are okay. um, real, yeah. And I'm the eldest out of the two. Okay. Were you raised? So with I'm that? both... The eldest and, and the middle. In the middle. <laughs> <laughs> were you um, were you raised with the half siblings? No, so they they're much older. As, okay. but but now they call me little sis. So oh, that's I <laughs> so I get to experience it's both. Both. Um, I love going back with people for this question. Um, what was your kindergarten teacher's name? Didn't go to kindergarten. Oh. did you go to primary school? But I can tell you. Mm-hmm. I went to a Rudolf Steiner school mm-hmm. and you have a one teacher for the first seven years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And her name was Miss Moritz. Did you have her for those seven years? Seven years. And was she delightful or was she <sighs> complicated? I thought mm-hmm. she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that actually I felt like she'd let me down and I, I suppressed that till I was an adult. Uh huh. Uh huh. I get that. Uh, what's your middle name? I never own up to it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you can leave it at that yeah. if you want. Okay, I okay. will then. <laughs> that, that's fine. <laughs> oh, I just opened another water. I drink water all the time. I love that answer. <laughs> I'm leaving it there. Somebody doesn't have one. A couple of weeks ago, I came across somebody who's like, I don't have one. <laughs> I just love these questions. They, you come across just the greatest little quips and stories. I just love them. So, if people want to connect with you, where could they find you? Uh, like the easiest, mm-hmm. easiest is probably my website. Okay, because it's got it's got email address and phone number mm-hmm. on there. Very cool. um, I'm not famous enough yet, not to have <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> and sp- I'm also on social media. Cool. So, yeah. Will you um, spell your name because it's an unusual spelling? And but we will have it in the show notes. Um, but okay. would you like to tell people what it is? 
A-R-H-Y-N-N, as in November, November. <laughs> and then Desi is D-E-S-C-Y. And I remind everyone at the beginning and at the end of the show that when you rate and review, a gnome gets his hat. <laughs> like an angel gets its wings, and a gnome gets its hat when you rate and review the show. So I heard that. Give, I just made it up a couple weeks I ago. Know it. <laughs> yeah. So give a gnome a hat today <laughs> and rate my show and review my show. And you can find me at uh, LaJoySociety.com and also LaJoySociety on Instagram. And that's pretty much the only social media platform I have time for. So we're just, we're just sticking to that. And I thank you so much for your time, Erin, and sharing your story. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you. And everyone else listening, we'll meet here again next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere Cards left on tables and cards played